And today, I, I want to start by reading a passage of Scripture. It's what we read last week. It's Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to start at verse 28. It says, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Last week, we read this, and it's this invitation to surrender. Jesus is saying this specifically, and he's saying, come to me like you've been weighed down. You felt the weight on your life. Like it's been heavy. It's been hard. Some things you've allowed in. Some things have just kind of crept their way into your life, but you just feel the heaviness. Let's be honest. We've all been there at a time in our life where it just feels like we can't even take the next step or the next breath, like we're about to break. We've all been there. And I love this invitation to surrender. He's saying, come to me. He's saying, I want to give you rest. And that's kind of where we were last week. But I, I want to go to the next part. It says, take my yoke upon you. We talked a little bit about this last week. We're not talking like egg yolks here. Um, there was actually, uh, they, they manufactured this piece of wood that would connect to cattle. And they could pull together and work together. And it's this idea that we come in tandem with Christ. And like he begins to help us carry the load, like the heaviness of life. And he's saying, I'll make it easier for you. I'll help you pull it. Like we can do this. And if you read on, it says, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I read this and today we've talked about surrender. We talked about finding freedom in surrender. But today I wanna talk to you this idea about transformation because God created you. He knew you before you were even put together in your mother's womb. Like, he, he knew you way back when, right? Like, before you were even like a little fetus or anything like that, right? He knew you way back then, and he had plans for your life that you would be a masterpiece. And until we find that purpose that he created us for, and until we tap into that passion and that potential that he created us with, just kind of floating out there. And let's be honest, a lot of people are looking for something in their life. They've got these gaps and these voids inside of them, and they go from one thing to another to just figure it out and, and to find out why they're even here, why they even have a life. And so many people just can't figure it out and understand until they come to know Jesus. And we see this invitation to surrender, but what I love more is he's saying, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. Like, it's not just this idea that you come down to an altar and you make a one-time decision. It's not this idea that you raise your hand in a service or you repeat a prayer and everything's just gonna be sparkles and rainbows in your life. Like, that's not what I wanna tell you today because if that's what you're getting, like, that's totally wrong. What I wanna want help you understand is that, like, Jesus wants to walk, walk alongside you through the heavy burdens. He wants to walk alongside you and, and show you how to sidestep some things and figure out how not to, to deal with so much struggle because God's word is trying to help teach you how to live your life and how to avoid some things. But then when the storms do come, when the struggles come your way and just get in your face, he wants to walk alongside you. He wants to give you rest in a world that doesn't want to give you any rest. But what I love is that he wants to teach us and he wants to develop us and make us who he created us to be. In Matthew chapter seven, Jesus just finished, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he goes through this and this, like so many, so much stuff. And the, this crowd is getting together. And I mean, tons of people have come to, her, come to hear Jesus. And he's, he's taught them all, all this great stuff. And he finishes with this. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come and the flood floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on the bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, 
Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So we've got this invitation to surrender and we begin to find freedom in our surrender when we say, God, I want you to take control of my life. I don't wanna hold on anymore. I don't wanna make the decisions. We invite Jesus into our life because he's trying to invite himself into our life and we, we, we decide, God, I'm gonna surrender. I'm gonna give it my best shot. I'm gonna raise my hand. I'm gonna make that decision, but there's more. And he wants to come alongside us and not just help us through our struggles and through our storms and the things that weigh us down, but he wants to begin this transformation process. And he wants us to dig our roots deep. And I love this illustration of laying the foundation because, I mean, if anybody in here has ever built something out of blocks, uh, me and my son, we, we love to get the blocks out in our house and we're on the rug. And what I've realized is like when you're on the carpet, You've got to get something a little sturdier to put the blocks on. Like, we've got the big blocks. I'm not talking like Legos, because you know how that is in little kids and small pieces, right? But we've got, like, the big blocks, and we start building stuff together. And he's like, let's build a tower. Like, that's what he wants to build. I don't know why. But he's like, let's build a cool tower. And I'm like, let's do it. And so I've, I've showed him that you have to build it on something that's flat and that's sturdy, you can't just put it on the rug. You can't just put it on the carpet. You can't, you gotta make sure it's not like sloped down like this or it's gonna tumble and it's gonna fall. And that's even without anything, without any outside resistance, right? That's without, you know, walking by and you accidentally knock it over or he likes to just throw stuff into it after we've built it, right? Um, you've gotta lay a foundation for it. And what Christ is saying, what Jesus is saying is that if you just listen to him and if you, if you take the words that he says and not just things that he's speaking into your life but things that you can read in God's word and if you take those things and apply them to your life, it's gonna change you from the inside out. He's saying like, stop trying to figure things out on your own. Don't build anything on the sand. Don't try to build your own life and put it all together on your own but like, make the things that I've taught you and the things that you can learn in my word and build upon that Amen. and it's something that we lay that foundation we can then start taking those next steps and start learning and start applying God's word to our life it's it's kind of funny if you go buy a can of paint and you just let it sit in the garage it's not going to do you any good right like I, I've done it before where you're like I've got a project and we're going to do this and we're going to buy the cool gray paint because everything's gray these days and <laughs> thanks Chip and Joanna right uh, <laughs> thank you and everything's gray. And so like the can just sits in, in the garage and it's useless to me until I crack that can open and I get the brushes out and I, I do the taping and I lay the plastic out on the floor. And until I get the paint on the brush and apply it to the wall, the paint is useless. It just sits there. And I think of the things that we've been taught, the things that we've come in church and People that are much wiser than me have gotten on a microphone and they've said to people and they're, they're challenging you to, to take this next step and to, to move this way in your life and we hear it and it just sits on the shelf in the garage. We don't quite bust it open and begin apply it, to apply it in, in our life and live it out and what Jesus is saying here is like, that's really, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> And a lot of people get caught up in, in reading God's word and they think it's all this, these rules and I've got to follow this and I've got to do this. And really what it means to be a Christian is it's not fun. Like being a Christian is like getting the fun sucked out of your life. I've met people, I've talked to people that believe that, right? And even at some points in my life, I, I've believed that. And it's a lie. 
Because what I can tell you is that when I take God's word and I apply it to my life, when I bust open that can and I begin to, to, to just wipe it across the things in my life and my preconceived notions and the mindset that I've been created to have in our culture, I begin to apply God's word to my life and it helps me sidestep some of those things that, man, I would have stepped in that pothole and really hurt myself. Like, it, it makes sense when you read God's word and it's like, hey, like maybe it's a good idea to wait till you're married to have sex. Like maybe it's a good idea not to just connect yourself to so many people and you got kids over here and you got kids over here and like things are happening and you've got all these relationships that are just building up this volatile bad thing in your life and you can read in God's words like, hey, like keep it sacred and keep that to marriage. Like it makes sense. There's so many things that you can read about money and, and, and greed and, and Jesus is like, hey, like there's more important things than money. There's, there's more important things than just trying to accumulate a lot of stuff. And you can just read through God's word and it just makes things so clear and crystal in your life. And you're like, whoa, if I would have just known that like three years ago, it could have saved me a lot of trouble. And let, let's be honest, like we live in a society where it's like, man, I got to look like we've got it all together. And I've got to make it look like, man, our house is perfect and our Instagram posts look awesome or our Facebook posts like makes our house look like a, like, let's be honest, before any picture is taken, you're like cleaning stuff up in like the one corner, you're going to take a picture of something, right? And you're cleaning it up and it's like the cleanest area of the house just for like the one small square picture that's going to end up on social media, right? Like we've got to make it all look good and we're willing to get the credit card out and just go swipe away because we want to accumulate all this stuff that make it look like we have it all together and then we've got the stuff and it makes us happy. But like, if you can, if you read in the Bible, it tells you that stuff's not going to make you happy. And being slammed down and weighed down by credit card debt isn't going to help you find happiness either. But it's that can of paint that's sitting in the garage and you've heard it all your life, but you've never cracked it out and applied it. And like something happens when we invite Jesus into our situations, when we decide, okay, I want to experience that freedom and surrender, but then it's this next level. It's something else. And if you read in Romans chapter 12, verse two, it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. And this is it right here. Check this out. By changing the way you think. We've got a mindset that we've been born with. And honestly, our mindsets just point to us. We've got to do this because it makes me look good. I've got to have that stuff because I want it. And it's, it's kind of this idea that when we begin to apply God's teaching to our lives, we realize like life isn't about us. Life isn't about me and having stuff and being trying to find happiness and joy. Like honestly, we find more joy in living a life for Jesus and living a life for other people. We apply it to our life, things begin to change. But here's what I love about this verse. It's saying that when we come into relationship with God, we have this opportunity to realize that the mindset that we have, the preconceived notions that we've been born with, and our culture is literally spoon-fed to us, we can begin to shake off that mindset, the way we've lived our life, and begin to live a new life that's transformed. Because we begin applying God's word to our lives. And we see different things happen. And we find joy in places we never thought possible. But it happens because we're applying God's word to our life. And this morning, if you don't get anything, I want you to understand this one thing. His training, his teaching leads to transformation. 
And a lot of people come to church, they make the one-time decision, oh, they got the goosebumps down their spine, they're excited, they're, they're like quoting stuff on social media that makes them sound so like, oh, oh, spiritual and all this stuff. But all of a sudden, we go back to normal life, and we go back to normal life. But there's this process and this journey, this movement that God wants to get a hold of you and not just, like, he doesn't want to change the DNA of what makes you up and what makes you you, but he wants to begin to sharpen you and make you who he created you to be. And it's this transformation process. I'm telling you, it's incredible to see. And let's be honest, by the time we come back to Jesus, by the time we, we say, I want to surrender to you, I want to enjoy the freedom that only you offer, by that time, most of the time when we come to him, we're broken pieces. We've been weighed down. Life hasn't been easy. And the cool thing is the transformation begins to take place. And it's not just this, you think of a block of granite and he's chiseling it out, but it's, it's broken pieces. And he picks them up off the ground. They've been stepped on, been broken, so many lies, so much trust broken, so many things that we've allowed into our minds and into our hearts. And he takes those pieces back together. And he begins to put us back together piece by piece. And he makes us who he literally created us to be. And the world threw us down on the ground. Friendships and relationships busted us into pieces. And he's saying, I want to I give you rest. I want to show you that it's not so heavy. And life doesn't have to be so hopeless. But then in a relationship with me, things can begin to change. And I can transform you from the junk that you've been, the pieces that you've been, and put you back together. And help you live a purposeful, awesome, incredible life. His teaching, his training, they lead to transformation. And that's what happens. That's when you find purpose. It's not a one-time decision. I've seen it years and years. I've had those one-time decisions, and I've walked away, and I've tried to take the control back in my life, and I'm doing it the way I want to do it. That's not surrender. That's not applying God's word to my life. But when we begin to say, God, teach me, show me your ways, we crack open that dusty old Bible or download the app on our phone, we begin applying his word to our life. And we lay this foundation and we say, I don't want to be like the world. I don't, want to, I don't want to take on the negativity and the junk and the weight that it's going to throw on me. But I want to live a life in freedom and I want, I want him to transform me. And this morning, I, just, I got a couple of things that reading in scripture I think are valuable things to just cover today. in this idea of letting God's word teach us and train us and transform us. And this morning, the first thing is... Cut out the carbs. <laughs> you just came from a sermon to now, we're gonna give you a spiel on health. <laughs> and honestly, I don't deserve to be up here and <laughs> to teach anybody about health at all uh, because you can see me and like I'm not in any shape of, of any form other than round and uh, <laughs> like marshmallow, that's kind of my normal state. But I've, I've been on diets before. I, I've studied some things and they've worked. Right? Like, not right now, uh, but they've worked in my life, and I've seen it happen. You've got to cut out the carbs. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, it says, You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. We've got Jesus, and this is the Sermon on the Mount. So he finished with this idea of take what I'm saying, heed it, listen to it, put it in your heart, and live it out, and you can lay this foundation. And this is one of the things he said. He says, You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. And it says, but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out. What kind of church is this? 
(laughs) Gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. They're like, okay, we're talking about carbs over here. (laughs) Now we're talking about cutting off body parts. It's getting a little weird. Uh, People are like, where's the door? (laughs) Do you see any sharp objects? Like, do we need to run? Just take a deep breath. It's okay. I I read this, and like I said, I've been on diets before. And a lot of times I've I've done the low-carb diet or cut-out carbs, whatever. I've done that, and what I've learned in the process is that when you cut out carbs in your life, Carbs are what you get most of your energy from. Like your body burns carbs for you to have energy and to be perky and and smile and act like you're happy most of the time, right? Uh, And some of us struggle with that. We're gonna pray about that after service. Um, You can laugh a little bit, guys. Come on, like I'm funnier than you're giving me credit for today. Um, Like I called myself a marshmallow. Nobody laughed. Uh, (laughs) It's this idea that when you cut out carbs in your life, your body instinctively knows that, okay, I don't have any carbs to burn for energy anymore, so it's like, okay, what's the next best thing? Somebody know what the next best thing is? It's fat. So you cut out carbs, and then you go to a completely different energy source that begins to shape you and make you really what we all want to be, right? Like we all want to lose some pounds and be, be thinner and be in better shape. And what I'm reading here is that, okay, Jesus is saying, okay, cut off a hand or gouge out an eye and like cut it out. And he's being a little, like, exaggerative, right? Like, he's exaggerating what what he's saying, but he's trying to help people understand, like, if you struggle with something in your life, like, figure out how to cut it off. Now, he's not saying, like, get the knife out and cut on your hand or, like, gouge the eye out or whatever. He's He's not specifically saying, like, go do that. But he's exaggerating, saying, okay, look at the root of the problem. Okay, let's take this step back and and look in the mirror and say, what's the root of the problem with the sin that I'm struggling with or the things that are weighing me down, the things that are just sucking the hope out of my life, the negativity that's just pouring through the doors? What is it? And let's begin to cut it off. Okay, so like, let's have a plan because let's be honest, most of us in our lives, we wanna do this and we wanna live for Jesus. We wanna go do this and we wanna, oh, I wanna be better at work. I wanna be better in my marriage. I wanna be a better parent. And we, we want that, but we're not willing to put the time and the effort and the plan in place to make that happen. And so I'm saying, let's use God's teaching. Like Jesus is specifically saying this and we can take it and apply it to our life, bust out this can and apply it to our lives and say, okay, I need to cut out some stuff in my life that's, it's not making my life healthy. It's not making me any better. And it's, it's, it's honestly more of a struggle and a, and a weight that I've surrendered to than, it, than something that gives me freedom and joy. And so we say, I'm gonna cut it off at the source. And so we find that specific thing. Like maybe we learn, okay, we can put some passwords on our computers and that there's things that can help us from going and scouring the www dot and we can stop some things in our lives. We can find accountability and community. It'll change things. Think about what your struggle is. Think about what's just been weighing you down and say, how do I make a strategic plan to cut it out, to cut it off? And what I love about this is that when we do that, we, just like when you cut out carbs, you find energy and you find joy from another source. And what I believe is that the more we cut out all this stuff and we change our mindset and God begins to transform us into who he wants us to be, we do find more joy. We do find more purpose and peace through our situations. 
that we walk in tandem with him and he's helping us take on that yoke, that heaviness. It'll change everything. The second thing, number two, stay active. If you go to the doctor at any point, and probably I would say any scale of health, like if you're really healthy, if you're not, like at any point your doctor's always gonna be like, well, exercise is a good idea. (laughs) And it's something that, it doesn't just affect your muscles and your body, like things that get sore, but it, it affects even minute things in your body. Like you don't understand what going for a walk can do for your heart. And it's not so much I'm doing it because I have to do it, but it's, you're doing it for a preemptive strike. You know, you've been, you've been to the doctor and sometimes we get to the place where like, you've got to like get on the treadmill, like we've got to work on something, we've got to get you healthier. And it's, it, at that point, you're like trying to just combat it and you're trying to fight against it. But if we get ahead of the curve and we realize like, okay, I'm okay right now, but if I start working out a little bit and get my walk on with the ladies in the morning in the neighborhood, right? Like if I get some people together and we go work out in the gym, whatever you find to do that's, that's, that makes you sweat a little bit and gets your heart rate up, like it's healthy for you. And you can be preemptive and you can be smart and have a strategic plan. And this morning, I read this in scripture, and this isn't something specifically that Jesus said, but I believe it's just so important for the beginning stages of saying, okay, I've surrendered my life to Christ. I want to experience the freedom and the joy and all that he has for me, and I want him to to help me transform my life, and I want to take his teaching, and I want to live in it. I want to walk in it. But I think this is something that we need at any level, no matter if you've been a Christian for 20 years, 100 years, for two days, and it's this. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This is one of those passages that I just, I constantly come back to. This is one of those passages, like, I I live by this. Because I think a lot of people are good at like taking those next steps and getting excited about our life, but we don't make that preemptive strike. We don't make that plan in place, and then what happens? Things get into your life. And more importantly, things get into your heart. And we let those things transform us more than we let Jesus come into our life and into our heart and transform us. We're so easy to just say, come on. Like, we can, we can take that on, right? Like, we can, we can just, you know, have a little fun over here and, you know, go back to that way I used to live. Or, man, I, I, can, I can try this friendship again that I know every time it's ended badly, right? Every time it's been the worst, like, it's just blown up. But I'm just, I'm just going to let this person just back into my life hardcore. Like, we're going to be best friends again. I love the word guard. Because it, it doesn't say, like, okay, I'm going to jump in and, and I'm going to fight it off. Like, it's this idea that we put up this fence, you buy a brand new house and you've got a backyard, like you're gonna spend the money to have fence that backyard in. If, you val- if anything is valuable to you, you're gonna begin to find a way to secure it and make it, make it last and, and make it secure. Like we, we lived with my parents for a few months while we started planting the church and we put like all of our stuff into the storage unit. And we liked the place that we used because it had a fence, barbed wire on the top, It's got the codes where you've got to have, everybody's got their own specific code. And what I love the most, it's got all these cameras like everywhere. And when you go in and when we purchased, like when we started paying, we signed up for the the storage unit, you saw these screens and it had all these these little mini screens on it, all these different views. Like the cameras were set up, the security was built up. And I was like, wow, like they're going to take care of my stuff. 
Like I'm putting thousands upon thousands of dollars into a 10 by 20. Like this is our life. And I'm gonna trust this storage unit place because I believe it's secure. And on top of anything else, I bought my own little padlock. It's a little disc lock actually. And I only had the key. It was set up to be safe and to, to be secure. And I think so, so many of us, we live this like reactive life. I'm not saying put up these walls that just force people out. I'm saying let's have a plan and let's safeguard what, what scripture is saying is it's above all else. It's not, hey, when you get a chance, read the memo about guarding your heart and, you know, Figure it out. In another version, it says that your heart is the wellspring of life. And I know, I know as a pastor, it's, it's taken on the weight of just so much. Like, let's be honest. Like, that's what it is. People come to you with this, and they come to you with this. Like, if I don't safeguard my life, if I don't safeguard my heart, I'm going to be in for a world of trouble. And today, I... I want to tell you, like, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. It doesn't matter what decision you're facing. You can't go wrong by saying, how do I guard my heart? How do I be careful in this situation when I'm allowing people into my life and I'm telling them secrets and allowing them to get to know the real me? How do I, how do I be careful as, as a college-age student having a relationship and beginning to, to chase after the opposite sex? Like, how do I figure this stuff out? Guard your heart. You start a new job and you don't know how your boss is going to be, guard your heart. It's important. And it's one of these things that when you see this word of like above all else, there's a lot of things that, that you can learn from scripture. There's a lot of things that you can read. There's a lot of things that Jesus teaches. And there's so many things that you could just go through the pages. You've seen how thick the Bible is. There's so much that you can take and run with. But I take this verse and I'm like, we've got to be careful. Because most of the time we just, we live our life and we've been burned and we've been broken. And if we're not careful, Jesus is putting those pieces back together and then we come to somebody else or something else and we, we just live our life without the protection, without the security around what is most valuable to us gotta have like the security codes and the locks and the barbed wire and the, the chain link fence or the brick fence, whatever it takes. Like we've got the snipers up and they're ready to go because they're gonna see something coming from far off and they're gonna see it coming right for our heart. And then we're ready for it. Then we can say, okay, I'm ready and I don't have to be scared. I don't have to let more struggle into my life. It's a safeguard. And it's saying, if you just heed the words, if you apply it to your life, you're gonna have less struggle. You're gonna have, have less stuff beating you and weighing you down and you can find rest. My prayer for you this morning, if anything, if you don't understand anything of today, it's that you can learn that his teaching and his training will transform your life for the better. And this morning, no matter where you're at, if you're dipping your toe in the water of church and Christianity, awesome. If you're a longtime Christian, awesome. 
But I think we can all take this word and say, okay, how am I applying God's word to my life? How am I, how am I inviting Christ into my life to transform me and make me the creation that he wants me to be? And we say, okay, are there, are there some things that I can cut out? Are there some things that I can say, okay, I've got to make a plan for this because I know I've been struggling with this. I know it's been weighing me down. I know that sin's just been creeping up behind me. And what can I do to defend it, right? But then to also say, my heart's valuable. And I've got to put up the safeguards and I've got to put up the security to make sure nothing gets in here without access. Thank you.